1: to know Tom Reed was to love him, although he went to heaven just a few weeks ago, his ministry lives on through the avenue of Convention pulpit I know you're going to enjoy this sermon that he preached many years ago at the Shelbyville, Indiana Bible Hole in his church. And it's titled, Do You Know Jesus? I know you're going to enjoy this wonderful sermon. I
0: don't want to take for granted the heritage.
2: God is good. God is good. God is good. I wrestle all afternoon. I've been praying for hours about this service tonight and what I should do. And like Brother Adcock, he said I usually go to a service with uh, half a dozen outlines tipped and uh, clipped in my Bible, and I've got literally hundreds of them. Any of you preachers want to buy some outlines? I need some money. I'll be glad to sell them. Uh, no, I'm kidding about that, but. I've been saying, Lord, what what do you want us to do tonight? I knew that our young people was going to be here. And young people, thank you for coming. We're glad you're here. It was 64 years ago that as a teenage boy I knelt in the dining room of our little home on the near north side of the city of Chicago. After being raised in a sinning religion church and running the streets of the city, God put me in his providence in a little basement Pilgrim Holiness Church that preached holiness and where God was. And I got under conviction. February the 6th, 1949, about midnight, I pushed my homework back. Everybody else was in bed. And I got out on my knees and said, Lord, if there is a religion that can save you from sin so that you know that you're saved and you don't have to sin every day in thought, word, or deed, I want that religion. Well, there is, there was, and he gave it to me. Now, that was on a Thursday night. The following Sunday night, Tommy Holzhauser, Brother Lewis Smith, was there in that church in a weekend meeting, and he was fatter than I ever was. And I don't remember what Tommy preached at all, but I remember I wrestled all Sunday afternoon. I'd been telling those folks I'd been attending for a little while and telling them that I was saved and sanctified because they told me I got everything at once. And I went looking for a Pentecostal uncle of mine that afternoon to see if he could straighten me out. Never did find him. But when Tommy gave the altar call that night, I stepped out immediately. And I said, if there's an experience called heart holiness, I'm going to have it tonight. If there isn't, I'm not ever going back to the altar again. And a bunch of Kentuckians got around me. I had hair back then. And they messed it up. They pounded me on the back. One hollered one thing. One hollered something else. And one fellow finally caught my attention. And he said, Brother Reed, ask the Lord for a pure heart. And I began to pray, Oh, God, give me a pure heart. And God sanctified me wholly, as definitely, as positively as he ever did anything. And that's been better than 64 years ago. Leonard was talking this morning about his and Janet's, was it, 53rd anniversary? That's peanuts. We're celebrating 62. And uh, so anyway, it's been, a, it's been a long journey, but it's been a good journey. In the book of Genesis, you don't have to turn there. I'm just going to read one verse, if I can find it again. Verse 18, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man shall be alone. I will make and help meet for him. That is not only the foundation of marriage, but that is a divine statement for all of humanity. Mr. and ma'am and young person, you can't make it by yourself. Now, don't misunderstand me. God can give you grace, whatever your circumstances may be. I pastored, I guess you'd call it that, when I was 19, and I've always always wrestled with a call to preach, so I dropped out of the ministry and went back to work and was drafted when I was 22 during the Korean War and spent two years in the service. God can keep you with good victory in the service. You can kneel down by your bunk at night with a hundred other guys in a barracks playing cards and shooting dice and drinking booze and cussing and telling dirty stories. He'll keep you, won't he, Brother Smith? He'll keep you. Amen. Uh, You can keep it. You can live it anywhere. I've lived in, in construction crews and factories in the business world and in the church. Brother, if you'd live it in church, you'd live it anywhere. But God has grace for you. And so I'm not just really sure where I'm going tonight. Jody, it is so good to see you. I saw you walk in, and I wasn't sure. I said to Brother Smith, is that Jody? And he said, it is. Uh, man, I've been praying for the wine guards for so many years that some of them ought to be getting help. But it's good to see you and your 15 kids. We're glad you're doing good. Uh, Someone has written digger of oceans, polisher of stars, hanger of planets, and healer of scars, sparrows, mortician, Passover lamb, feeder of ravens, condemner of sham, Cana, winemaker, creator of light, the author who gives glad songs in the night, lover of children, dispeller of dark, clean rose of Sharon, and keeper of, pardon me, designer of blooms and soft willow bark, the leaves architect, songwriter for birds, clean rose of Sharon, and keeper of herds. Have you guessed yet who he's talking about? Thunder exploder on cloud-shrouded peaks, painter of sunsets and babies' pink cheeks, maker of heroes, those out of the wild, dry desert gardener and Bethlehem's child, Weaver of rainbows and bottler of tears. Tenter of orchids and tulips, bright spears. Galilee walker and calmer of waves. Full seat of David, conqueror of graves. soar of springtime and breather of wind. Calvary's love gift to all who have sinned. Lazarus raiser and Madeline's friend. Magdalene's friend, captain and guide at the river's last bend. Gadarene's escort back home from the tombs, builder of mansions with heavenly rooms. Adam's fruit tree, Gethsemane's door, Christ, all sufficient and more, so much more. Heaven's attraction, the main citizen, the church's bridegroom, the endless, amen. Do you know him? And then my favorite song. I told you how much I love music. My favorite song is Amazing Grace. I say that after all of these years in the church and in the ministry. And it has so many more verses than what's in your book. There may be five here. Most of them have four. But let me give you 13 of the 17 that John Newton originally wrote. He said, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost. doesn't say, but now I'm found. But now am found, was blind, but now I see. In evil long I took delight unawed by shame or fear, till a new object met my sight and stopped my wild career. I saw one hanging on a tree in agonies and blood, who fixed his languid eye on me, and near his cross I stood. Sure ne'er till my latest breath can I forget that look. It seemed to charge me with his death, though not a word he spoke. My conscience felt and owned the guilt and plunged me in despair. I saw my sins his blood had shed and helped to nail him there. Alas, I knew not what I did, but all my tears were vain. Where could my trembling soul be hid? For I, the Lord had slain. A second look he gave that said, I freely all forgive. This blood is for thy ransom paid. I died that thou mayest live. T'was grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. Mildred had made through many dangers, toils, and snares. I have already come. Tis grace that's brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. The Lord has promised good to me. His word my hope secures. He will my shield and portion be as long as life endures. Yes. When this flesh and heart shall fail and mortal life shall cease, I shall possess within the veil a life of joy and peace. The earth shall soon dissolve like snow, the sun forbear to shine. But God, who called me here below, shall be forever mine. When we've been there ten thousand years... Bright shining as the sun. We've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. And someone has said, there's songs of every type and style. We have them by the score. There's music by the mile and mile. And yet we still want more. But as I heard them played and sung, my friend, you ought to know, they did not please me near so well as the songs of long ago. I like the old songs, the old-fashioned songs. They cheer me and help me along. So between you and me now, where'er I am May be, there's none like the old-fashioned songs. There's Jesus lover of my soul. I need thee every hour, O Holy Ghost with light divine. Dear Lord, now send the power. Amazing grace, How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see. Over in the book of Isaiah, Chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. You don't have to turn there unless you want to. You can probably quote it with me. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And he went on to say that upon his shoulders shall be laid the kingdoms. I'm talking about Jesus. Do you know him? Do you know him? I appreciated Brother Sankey's message so much this morning. Leonard and I have been friends for many, many years. And I told him, Leonard, I never heard you preach better than you did this morning. And I really meant that. He fed my soul. And he reminded us of the importance of this word. And then the academy was here. What a blessing the children are. The academy was here. And they shared with us to begin their presentation, Psalm 23. Don't you love it? Don't you love it? I've had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of funerals. And probably used it in every one of them. But just two months ago, when I didn't know if I was going to make it or not, and the doctors weren't sure I was going to either, that psalm became even more precious. Share it with me tonight, will you? I mean it out loud. The Lord... No, no, follow me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not walk. Many years ago, as Brother Smith told you I've been filling in in Chicago for going on 57 years. It's funny now, but that was the original agreement. As for as I'm concerned, it's still the original contact. Contract. Little little group of people wanted to start a Holiness church. They said, "Will you be our pastor?" And I said, "No, but I'll fill in until you find somebody." And believe me, they're looking. Uh, we thought maybe Stephen would stay, but Mike took him down to GBS, and he's gone. And uh, we've looked out at others, and nobody's interested in coming to Chicago. And now that Rahm Emanuel's there, I don't blame him. I wouldn't want to be there. Daily was bad enough, and he's worse. But anyway, uh, we're, we're still there. We're still filling in. But uh, people are needy for God in Chicago just like they are anywhere else. And Jesus Christ has been given as the answer to every person's problem and every person's need. If I were to preach tonight, my outline would be that he is the incomparable Christ in his love and in his nature and in his works, and he is. And, oh, I love. C.B. Fugit used to tell me uh, back almost 60 years ago, he'd say, son, when you preach, preach about Jesus and preach about 20 minutes. Any of you preachers taking notes? preach about jesus and preach about 20 minutes and uh, jesus is uh, he he is an inexhaustible subject he really is when you talk about as as brother sankey was talking this morning about the humility of christ how that he humbled himself to the virgin's womb and became a child i i i've been thinking about that for a number of years now i went back he, he humbled himself to become simply a sperm in the womb of the virgin. John began his gospel with, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that is made. He was before all things, and by all things He consists, but He humbled Himself and emptied Himself to become a sperm in the womb of a virgin, and develop into an infinite baby, and be born, and grow into adulthood through all of." the throes of adolescence and teen and young maturity until finally he reached the age when he began his ministry and for three and a half years he lived as no other man ever lived and spake as no other man ever spake remember when they sent the rulers sent the soldiers to bring him to him and they went where he was preaching and came back without him and they said why haven't you brought him they said no one ever spake like this man did. These hardened soldiers were gripped by what Jesus Christ had to say. And young people, if you would just get away somewhere for a little while and get the Gospel of John down and read it through sensibly and honestly and openly, I'm convinced that you would come to the conclusion that you are important to God and that God loves you and that Jesus died to save you. And the only way you can ever be happy is to serve the Lord. I was a senior in high school School. When I got saved, I was president of the senior class, and I was under old-fashioned Holy Ghost conviction. I was going down Lakeshore Drive just the other day. Can't even think who in the world I was with, some visitor to the city and was going down Lakeshore Drive, and we went past the curve there on Lakeshore Drive to the Oak Street Beach. I lived there as a kid. I lived just a few blocks from there. And I had enough sense to know, even back then, that if I really got saved, my days down on Oak Street Beach were all over. And, and I loved to swim. I still love to swim, but not on a public beach like that. Uh, and, and I knew that, and I was counting the cost, and I was thinking it all over. And the devil said to me, he said, if you get saved... He said, you'll never have any fun. If you get saved, you'll never have any friends. And if you get saved, you'll never amount to anything. Now, the Bible tells us that the devil is the father of all liars. And uh, he lied to me because I went ahead and got saved anyway. And young people, I never really began to live until that night as a teenage lad when Jesus Christ came into my heart. And I've got more friends than I would have ever had, real friends uh, without the Lord. One of the rich blessings of my life has been my friendship through the sickness that came on me suddenly. I, I got emails and calls and cards from people that I hadn't seen for years and years and years. And we had worked together and, and I hadn't thought of them for a long time and they probably hadn't thought about me. But when the need came, the friendship and the love uh, was rekindled and they reached out. as God's people are capable of doing. God's people are the greatest people in all of the world, and we need one another. You need me as old and as ugly as I am, and I need you as young and as handsome and as pretty and as strong as you are. We need each other. I remember going through a dark period. I'm coming back to my love of music. I'm going to let you go in just a few minutes. I'm not going to hold you long. But I, I went through a period when we first started the church there, when I could not feel the presence of God. I think Job's experience, the loss of his children, the loss of his wealth, the accusation of his friends, the idiot uh, suggestion of his wife, and uh, all of his illnesses, I don't think that was anything in comparison to what he said when he said, I looked for God before and behind and on either side. And I couldn't find Him." In our, our vernacular, that's what he was saying. I looked for God before behind on either side. I couldn't find him. I went for six months pastoring a new church in the city of Chicago, and I could not feel the presence of God. I preached on Sunday and could not feel the presence of God. I made hospital calls. I prayed with people around the altar. I could not feel the presence of God. It was a dark, dark, dark six months, and I was living as clean as I knew how to live. I was working to support myself, putting about 60 hours a week and driving 70 miles a day back and forth to work and then spending hours and hours and hours out calling and probably looking back now, it's probably nervous exhaustion, but I was just a kid then. I didn't know that. And I never will forget one afternoon... I climbed up into the attic of the little house where we were renting an apartment. And I said, Lord, if I die and go to hell, I'm going to die and go to hell doing everything I know to do to please you. I'm going to walk in every ray of light I've ever had, whether I ever feel your presence again or not. I'm going to do everything I know to do to please you. You say, did you feel his presence? No. But in that dark hour, God gave me the verse of a song. Could my tears forever flow? Could my zeal no longer know? These for sin could not atone. Thou must save and thou alone. In my hand, no price I bring. Simply to thy cross I cling. Rock of age is cleft for me. Let me hide. Myself in thee. Unto us a child is given. Unto us a son is born. The kingdom shall be upon his shoulders. He shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the Lover of my soul. I love people. Brother Smith, I envy you. Not carnally, but I envy you. I have always lived hundreds of miles from my grandchildren. The biggest emotional battle I've ever fought in my life been separated from my grandchildren. I've driven thousands and thousands of miles and spent money I didn't have and bought plane tickets I couldn't afford so I could spend a day or so with my grandchildren and then go back home again. I love my grandchildren. I love my wife. I love my family. I love my people. I can't say I'm a Scot. An old Scot said the Scots are so close together that if a bee stings one of them, they all swell up. I'm not sure that uh, my family is that close, but we've always been a close family. My brothers, I'm, I'm the oldest and for a long time was the only Christian. I'm by far the smallest. They are 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", and anywhere from 250 to 400 pounds but in their roughest days when they were tending bar and bouncers and bars and truckers over the road, I knew that anywhere in the nation at any time I could call any one of them and say, I'm here, I need trouble, and they would say, I'm on my way because they're my brothers. Remember Father Flanagan's boys' town? Remember that out in Lincoln, Nebraska? I think the most touching appeal that I've ever seen in All the years that I've been receiving requests for donation is that one that shows a priest standing in a lighted doorway with two little boys out in front of him, the light shining on them. One is about 12 years old. It's snowing. The other looks like he's about six years old, and he's riding piggyback on his brother. His head is over on his shoulder, asleep. His arms is around his neck, and the caption under that picture says, he ain't heavy, father. He's my brother. That's what Brother Sankey was talking to us about last night and this morning. Making us one, knitting us together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. One more story, and I'm through. Many years ago I was in a meeting, camp meeting with Ray LaSalle in Anderson, Indiana. My boy Jim, who pastors a church in Virginia today, was about two years old. He came down very, very sick with some infection, and they put him in the hospital. The meeting started on Friday. My wife called me on Saturday. and said, "Uh, the pediatrician has put Jim in the hospital. He's really, really sick. And so I preached Saturday night and drove back to Chicago and made arrangements with Ray to meet me at the airport in Indianapolis the next day. And anyway, I got there at the... Christ Hospital in Oak Lawn about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. And pastors have privileges, but sometimes they want to argue with you. And I told them, I said, I'm not here to visit a parishioner. I'm here to visit a son. Make a long story short, they let me go into the uh, room where Jim was lying in a bed. And uh, he was getting better. They'd already given him medication. I guess he had a, just a flu bug of some kind. But he was dehydrated, and they'd had to uh, give him uh, in what, what am I trying to say? IVs, IVs. and anyway, uh, he was lying there asleep, and I stood there by his bed, and he woke up and saw me, and of course reached up, "Daddy," and I reached down and got him, and went over in the rocking chair by the bed, and I rocked him back to sleep and held him until the next morning. I had to catch a plane at a certain time at O'Hare Field, and I knew I had to leave the hospital at a certain time to get there, and so. I laid Jim down just as gently and as quietly as I could and hoped that he would sleep soundly and not wake up, but it didn't, he woke up. And one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life was walk out of that ward, that, that children's ward, with my little boy saying, Daddy, don't go. Daddy, don't go. But God taught me a lesson. He said, I only had one boy. And I sent him to a world, not to be cared for by a splendid doctor in one of the finest medical facilities in our city, but he said, I sent him to a world that hated him, hated him and spit on him and finally crucified him because I loved you and that was the only way you could be saved. Let me ask you what Dr. Lockridge said to us that day. Do you know Jesus? Perhaps one of the most powerful, precious Verses in all the Bible in recent years to me has been John 17:3. Brother Sankey preached to us last night from John 17, but not from the third verse. The third verse of Christ's high priestly prayer, And this is life eternal, that thou might know him, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. Do you know him? Brother, I want you to come and lead us in a song. I want you to, my favorite song is Amazing Grace, hands down. My second favorite song is What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And I want you to stand with me tonight, and I want us to sing all of the verses of What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And I want to invite you as a representative of Jesus Christ, that if you do not know Him, that you will give us the honor and the pleasure of kneeling here at this altar and praying with you And pointing you to Jesus. He can meet every need, every hunger, every problem. There is not a... I know I'm preaching to a varied crowd of people. You do not have a habit that Jesus Christ can't break that habit. Whether it be liquor or alcohol or pornography or whatever it may be. Jesus Christ can break... I had a brother that could have been an All-American in two sports. He became an alcoholic when he was 16. And Dwayne said to me up until he died, he said, I can't live the way you live. And I said, Dwayne, I am not a Christian because of the way I live. I live the way I do because I'm a Christian. And you don't understand that when you give your heart to Jesus, you become a new creation and he changes you. He's your friend tonight. Whether you will let him... Be your friend or not. He's your friend anyway. I want us to sing all four verses, I think it is, three verses. And as we sing, if you have a hunger in your heart and you'd like to pray, would you come and let us pray with you before we go home?
0: I don't